We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the FFPC and MyBookie. I'm Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Martin. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, last week we obviously had Ben Gretsch on the show. We got a tremendous feedback from that show. Really enjoyable. A lot of good content. But we're back today, back to the old, uh, the old routine of myself and yourself. We have a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today, including some of the updated changes. We did your July big board. We're going to go through the August and see the change. Changes. We're going to look then through a lot of different parts in, in terms of the biggest risers and fallers uh, in terms of ADP and much, much more. So I'm really looking forward to the stuff we've got to talk about on this show. But Sean, how have things been through uh, the first the first kind of week or so of the preseason? Well, we got that first Chiefs drive in the books. And uh, you know, for those of you who, who did listen last week, we want to uh, thank Ben. He was fantastic. Uh, we did discuss the Apex draft a little bit and my decision to take Patrick Mahomes. Uh, certainly a controversial selection at that point with all of the quarterback depth. I wrote an article this week uh, talking about how Sam Darnold looks looks excellent. It looks like he's going to have that second year breakout and noted that Denny Carter, who won last year's 
title did not select a quarterback only 15 quarterbacks selected total so obviously uh, that will be a very easy league to stream the quarterback in a little bit different maybe than some of the high stakes leagues where even just a couple more roster spots changes the calculation a little bit but with Mahomes we saw I think what any Mahomes fans are going to want to see maybe not exactly what Chiefs fans are looking for in that the Bengals, which we've sort of labeled our breakout offense for 2019, or they were the breakout offense before the AJ Green injury, <laughs> they went down the field and scored very easily despite some penalties that, that called back a few of their explosive plays. Tyler Boyd looked like he might have 150 receptions if that first drive is, is any indication. Of course, he won't be playing against the Chiefs defense all year long. But if you're a Mahomes owner, that's exactly what you want to see. You want to see all of those shootouts. You want the Chiefs needing to score 50 points to win those games. And then in addition, we saw a couple of our favorites in, you know, at this point, I think almost everyone's favorites in Mecole Hardman and Darwin Thompson scoring their first touchdowns. Both of those guys are going to be fun to watch and add even more explosiveness to this offense. Other teams are basically going to have no chance against this Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, probably the fastest offense in terms of the offensive skill positions in the NFL. And then you have Patrick Mahomes. And then you have Andy Reid as the elite play caller. So certainly I think the Chiefs are this year's favorite. And I say that uh, only a little bit as someone who grew up in Kansas City. So before we get into the main section of the show, I do want to give the listeners a reminder of the Road of His Patreon that is back for the second season and now they are starting from just $6 per month. It does offer exclusive access to the Road of His Patreon Slack and that can let you answer questions and talk and interact with some of the hosts, some of the writers on the site and gain league winning advice to help you get ahead of your league mates. Uh, Patreons also get first dibs on listener league spots and I have some listener leagues starting over the next couple of days so do not miss out. Make sure you're involved in those and for the $9 tier you also get some sweet Rotoviz merchandise at the end of the season. Become a Rotoviz Radio Patreon today by joining that exclusive community of listeners. Access premium content and do your part in helping us to continue to produce high quality industry leading programming that is patreon.com forward slash Rotoviz Radio. As always as well, a quick shout out to the 10% off discount pass uh, for Rotoviz NFL and that is of course the, the one that you need to have. I'm pretty sure most of our subscribers, if not all of them, are already signed up. That is available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Get ready for the season. It is really getting into the thick of draft season and then it continues all season long, all year long over there on rotoviz.com. Once again, 10% off at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So Sean, you mentioned there are a couple of players and obviously they're probably changing where they are on your big board over the last couple of weeks, maybe in a positive way, maybe in a negative way. We did have a, a really enjoyable episode a couple of weeks back and obviously now we're going to take a little bit of a dive into some of the changes basically from July into August and of course last month we had a, a list of targets and now you have expanded that to 31 targets so I guess we'll uh, kick it off uh, with who has jumped into that target list that wasn't previously in it uh, in July. The first player to not really even jump but I think because, go from being someone who I'm drafting to someone who's a clear target would be David Johnson so uh, this is, doesn't come as a surprise to anyone I don't think but those top three running backs Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alan Kamara those are guys who can become the foundation for your team and they would be the three players where I think it's fairly clear cut to go away from zero running back. We've talked a lot on the show about how one elite running back uh, approach this season is 
probably the preferred method if you can get one of those guys. The question then becomes, if you have the fourth pick, if you have the fifth pick, what are you going to do? And for a while there, that was still fairly straightforward because Ezekiel Elliott was pushing down Kamara into that slot where you know he's a fantastic selection. Now, with all of the Elliott drama, it becomes trickier because Elliott was not on my list of, of player targets anyway. But the big problem here is that now he moves into that fourth slot. And this is especially relevant to me because Curtis and I have the 104 in the big FFPC main event that we're going to be co-owning a little bit later in August here. And so I've got a lot of focus trained on what's going to happen there. And I think that in addition to you know, what we saw with Mahomes and the Chiefs, which wasn't necessarily a surprise, but to see that Arizona offense come out, to see Kyler Murray look so comfortable, even without a lot of the weapons that he's going to eventually have during the season, to see David Johnson get a couple of receptions there and really be kind of back in line for this goal that he has had of having a season with 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. David Johnson's someone I have been drafting, and now I think at the 104 becomes the pick there do you have any feeling about johnson as you know moving up into those top four picks i know we've talked about the cardinals at some length where's your excitement level now seeing that first preseason game i'm pretty excited and you know we talked about david johnson as a bounce back candidate all the way back pretty much around the time of the super bowl when the coaching changes and things like that were happening even pre-draft and i think that uh, david johnson like we, we talked about it last year how they misused him even with all that misuse i know it's over a season so his weekly production wasn't all that exciting but over the season he still had a pretty solid year and that was with basically his worst <laughs> career year so i think we're going to see a bounce back i think there's a lot of positivity there and i think the usage like it can really only go up from what he had last year but i'm very excited now we were talking about him at that stage um, and it's obviously started to climb up and climb up but when we're talking about those running backs and you mentioned the zeke situation um you know i, I still think that there's very little to opportunity for him to, to miss this season but i don't like when players are going in and they're not they're not involved at this stage so zeke is somebody who while i was uh, pretty positive on him earlier in the offseason i have i have backed off and i know you've marked him as an avoid so when you're looking at that situation i would be looking the same as you uh, and i would be bumping david johnson up to that fourth spot um, to be honest in, in terms of uh, the competition that's around him um, I, I possibly would even think at this stage of taking him ahead of alvin kamara um, and going all the way up to three i've actually started a draft um, there's a basically the european version of the scott fishbowl has been drafted this week it is the first ever year and rotoviz are actually uh, a, a title sponsor in it so i'm drafting in that and i uh, was drafting from the eighth spot uh, i've started off with david johnson then michael thomas then zach Ertz, and then stefan Diggs. so i'm pretty happy with how things have started off in that one but going for that approach of the kind of modified zero rb which we've talked about with getting david johnson and getting that stud running back in the first round i know i've taken a tight end in there but trying to, to stamp them the rest of the way but there is a, a clear a clear list here and when we look at it very similar like it seems like you know we're talking about it on a weekly basis but there's players here who are just avoiding we're stepping away from and then there's kind of the guys that we're targeting over and over again basically the guys that you're you have the x beside they're the ones that i'm hitting into as well somebody though who's really crept into my radar over the last kind of two or three weeks i guess well they're, they're back to back here in this list uh you know at adp of 21 23.1 and then 24.5 and that's antonio brown and mike evans so antonio brown with what's happened over the last kind of two weeks or so is, is completely for me is undraftable i know that's going to be a case where 
he may come in he may light it up and he may be on fantasy winning rosters but he's going to be on none of my rosters this season and that's that some people might think that's a, a kind of a strong strong way to look at it but that is just the way it's going to be moving forward uh, but the player who's started to really catch my eye and i'm starting to target in drafts quite a bit and that's mike evans uh, i know you have him as a target but do you think what the kind of love around chris godwin this offseason how people are starting to talk him up we're kind of maybe forgetting a little bit about mike evans and people who listen to the show might know that i'm not usually the biggest mike evans guy you know there's not a lot of production after the catch it's a lot of you know catch and fall down but he leads to touchdowns he leads to big plays and mike evans maybe you know with his career and those thousand yard years starting off his career maybe been a little bit undervalued heading into this season do you think do you think there's a clear undervaluation of him there at the back end of that second round early third round i do and kate mentioned this in her article yesterday at what a great selection he has and why he could really be the overall number one wide receiver this season i think with mike evans the little bit of a concern that you have is that he fits into that aj green category where he's going to be a stud wide receiver he's going to be a very clear starter for you and help carry your team but does he have that 20 plus point per game level that will actually allow you to compete with the elite running backs that will allow you to stack in multiple 20 plus point per game guys if you started you know with a deandre hopkins or a Devonte adams in the first round there you know and then we look at if he does take a step forward though he will hit that that range right he's got a 16 point per game season right off the bat with 12 touchdowns uh then a little bit of a down season came back with another 12 touchdown season and scored almost 19 points a game in 2016 and then the weird down season in 2017 which i think really changed maybe the perception of him in a way that is more outlier than actual sort of core about where his profile is he had that 13 point per game season just two years ago bounced back in a big way 17.9 points per game last year easily his highest total in yardage going over 1500 yards in this offense in this division with the way these games are going to be played and with the inability of other teams to focus on him exclusively and take him away i don't think there's any question that he has upside for 1500 yards and double digit touchdowns and if he hits both of those in the same season then he's going to be a very clear league winner for you i also think he's just a very safe type of play so in that range he is probably the number one guy that i'm looking at and i think that because he's being drafted toward the end of the second round there and has so much upside he's really the guy that makes it difficult to target those tight ends that we've talked about uh, on many of the shows where you really want to have that elite tight end as a foundation piece for your team mike evans makes that difficult because his upside is so significant yeah and when you look at him as well i mentioned kind of the big play you know he's not he's not in terms of speed it's not like a, a deep threat but over his career he's averaged 15.5 yards per play which um for somebody his size is, is pretty impressive uh then in terms of his like career i mentioned uh, the seasons you mentioned the down year but every single year of his career he's at at least a thousand yards and he's hit over 1200 yards on three occasions so you know there's a lot of a lot of production there for him and uh, then you mentioned the two 12 touchdown seasons eight touchdowns last year so i just think there's a 
a lot of opportunity there at his current value. And, you know, we talk about the situation with the dead zone and, and where the running backs are going. He's going right in that zone with players like Melvin Garden. I know I know we kind of like Damian Williams and we're big on carry on Johnson, but, you know, you have Leonard Fournette, uh, Aaron Jones, who we kind of like, but you also have Marlon Mack. There's a lot of players in that range, Devontae Freeman, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, that are all just, you know, you <laughs> take Mike Evans and run every single time you have that opportunity. Was there any other players, Sean, that have really stood out for you in terms of uh, your your change in opinion over the, the last couple of months? Uh, two players that, you know, I, we talked about that elite tight end and you've hit on it again there. Two players that I've started to look into a lot more over the last uh, couple of months, and that is if you don't get those first three tight ends is Evan Ingram and OJ Howard. I was actually, to be honest, I was quite shocked to see just how explosive Evan Ingram has been since he came into the league in terms of overall yards after the catch. Uh, and OJ Howard has shown how athletic he can be on some occasions. I would be taking Ingram over Howard, especially with how the offense has got so banged up uh, and with Golden Tate suspension in New York. But what's your thoughts on those two guys? Are they somebody who's changed uh, their your opinion of them over the last couple of months? They're on my target list, but only as players you would target if they fall a little bit below ADP. So we still have a number of our Rotoviz priority selections who come a little bit after them. They're in that range where you very well may have to forego a DJ Moore or a Calvin Ridley or a Tyler Boyd in order to land them. And I just like those receivers a lot better in terms of the context of the position and other people who are available at that tight end slot. I think that we can get some of the tight ends much, much later who have the potential for some serious production. It's not a matter of not liking Ingram or not liking Howard. Those are two guys who I've been acquiring throughout the seasons in dynasty and having them again, as those foundation pieces is extremely helpful in redraft they're just very very expensive for what they're going to give you when you consider the red flags when you consider the red flags of ingram's offense when you consider the red flags for howard of how many other strong targets there are in that offense you're looking at the upside versus the potential floor regardless of how good they are if they're being drafted toward their ceiling then that's not going to allow you to build the type of overall fantasy team with the most explosiveness and i went into into great length sort of this tight end conundrum yesterday in my article where i recommended a couple of late plays and especially a, a very very deep play a free play at tight end that i think will allow people to construct rosters that have more upside and still cover that tight end position so that's the direction i would like to go there a couple of the people i think who have become somewhat interesting as they've fallen we talked about sonny michelle at length and all of his red flags and yet when a player falls from the third fourth round range into the sixth seventh round range it's an entirely different group of people that he's then competing against to make your roster right and i don't necessarily think that he's going to fall to this level very many times but i selected him toward the end of the seventh round in the apex draft and i think that's the range where some of these guys uh, some of these second year running backs and you can get a little bit cheaper options like a royce freeman or a ronald jones but some of these players who have the huge upside and if they expand on the receiving opportunities then the sky is really the limit and so even though we talked about him a little bit i do think the news is very relevant on him in that the training camp reports suggest that he's going to be much more involved in the receiving game and that would be a a complete game changer 
obviously for him. One of the main people he was compared to coming out of college and sort of the contrast between him and his teammate Nick Chubb was that Michelle was going to be the Camara type guy. And then he goes to the Patriots and they have uh, some experienced veterans in what's a complicated offense. And as a result, you see James White catching the passes. You see Rex Burkhead involved in a little bit more of those combo type plays. And Michelle is only a ball carrier. Well, now they're supposedly getting him much more involved in the receiving game. And at the same time, Damian Harris uh, really moving back down in terms of relevance and dealing with a minor injury at this point. So I think that shift right there is potentially a very meaningful shift, not only in terms of what his ceiling is, but you know where we would want to target him in drafts. Are there any other running backs who pop out to you as potentially having a big change in circumstance that might make them even much more a priority for you now? <laughs> I guess uh, I'll have to bring up our like this is going on now for well over a season, uh, and I remember talking with uh, uh, Grant Cohen uh, back on the the preview podcast last season, and I know Stefan Leco has talked to him uh, this week again for the the preview series, uh, looking at the Forty Niners uh, and looking all the way back, and him uh, telling me about Matt Breida and to watch out for Matt Breida. Uh, I think I have to talk about Matt Breida because the player obviously that's had the injury and who's likely to have a, a limited role to start the season. That's obviously Jarek McKinnon. So you have him now as a clear avoid, and obviously we've been having the conundrum of a kind of tree headed backfield over the last couple of months trying to figure that out we have been talking mainly about Breda and mainly about uh, Coleman now, I think it boosts Coleman quite dramatically as well but I think even with that I think there's no doubt that Breda was going to have a role heading into the season and I do think now that role is expanded and I think with uh, the the way things have shaken out uh, in the preseason and in training camp I think we could see Breda you know get close to uh, almost a 50-50 split with Coleman to start the year so I, I think Coleman is uh, uh, Coleman is obviously a value as well but I think uh, Breda is somebody who you should be picking up in all leagues I think he's a, a real prime zero rb candidate again uh, even though again i'll say he was further down the, the pecking order last year but i think you have to get him on your rosters and when you look at brita and you look at what he did last year that was in the context of a bad offense right so if they have their starting quarterback back obviously they've drafted some young receiving options and may take a little bit of time for those players to develop into big time weapons but that doesn't mean that they can't augment enhance the offense in small ways right from the beginning give more uh, legitimate targets for the defense to have to contend with along with obviously your your tevin coleman your george kittle this offense has the potential to go from disappointing to one of the very most explosive in the nfl and when you look at tevin coleman and you look at specifically at matt Breida and how fantastic he was last year the explosiveness that he possesses i think people still even though he's a trending player even though he is drafted at a fairly enthusiastic adp for someone who might be a backup might be a handcuff i still don't think people realize quite how good he is or how good he can be and you know, you look at both of those guys, and one of the things that's easy for, to forget too, and certainly, you know, these are our favorite players, even if they were our least favorite players, we would not be rooting for them to get hurt. But if something then does subsequently happen to either Coleman or Brita, the remaining player in that offense, even though they will incorporate some of their deeper backups at that point, you know, has has top five upside in terms of where they could eventually finish. So you definitely want to be continuing to load up on those players. 
Today's show is brought to you by MyBookie, and I want to give a little moment to tell you a little bit about some of the action they have coming up on their options over the next couple of weeks. One of them is UFC 241, and it is obviously a stacked card. It likely has the best card on the fight calendar this year so far, and that is Daniel Cormier defending his UFC heavyweight title against Stipe Miocic. Nate Diaz is also back in the octagon for the first time since 2016, and it's going to be a real, real fun one. MyBookie is the place to put some money down on fight night my book my bookie has better bonuses on more mma odds than any other sports book period plus it's almost football season and nobody does game day better than my bookie this year they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest first place is a guaranteed prize of at least one hundred thousand dollars and costs only one hundred dollars to enter pick five nfl teams against the spread every week climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize do not miss out on these opportunities. And if you're getting involved in UFC 241, make sure to do it at MyBookie. That's why MyBookie is always the right place to play. You bet, you win, they pay. Sign up to MyBookie today and they will match your first deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that is double your first deposit. Use the promo code RODOVIS to activate that offer. That is MyBookie.ag and the promo code is RODOVIS. Bet, win, get paid. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. So, Sean, we're jumping into the third quarter. We're going to talk through some of the biggest risers and movers in terms of ADP, specifically at the FFPC rankings, but it does fall in place then with a lot of the, the current ADPs that we do track. I think always going to somewhere like the FFPC, you get a real crisp and clear vision of what's happening because sometimes regular adp online can take a little bit more time to adapt whereas uh, the guys over at the ffpc are always sharp grafters so uh, it's, it's really really interesting over the last couple of weeks that we've seen the rises and falls of some players obviously aj green's taking a pretty big dip andrew lux taking a little bit of a dip uh, Kenyon drake after the news over the, the start of preseason has taken quite a fall um, and damian harris as you already mentioned has taken a dip and then the guys that we would kind of expect uh, you know to jump up i've been surprised actually how much uh, emmanuel sanders has jumped up uh, quite a quite a big rise but uh, obviously i was expecting him to have much more difficulty coming back from that injury miles sanders with a big jump dd westbrook with a big jump and uh, i'm all i'm all about dd westbrook this offseason lamar miller having that jump with the change in the backfield there and then curtis samuel as well who there, there's some of these players sean that you know we mentioned probably 
eight, ten weeks ago, and we thought, yeah, these guys might be, you know, sleepers and under the radar, but uh, kind of the, the mainstream media has been talking quite a bit about a few of them. And then obviously the injury as well to AJ Green has bumped up uh, Tyler Boyd even further. So a lot of the guys we might have thought we were getting value on a couple of weeks ago, hard to get that value now. But what are, what are some of your thoughts on some of the, the main risers and fallers over the last couple of weeks? Well, we talked about Emmanuel Sanders on last week's show and got some good input from Ben. And he talked about how he thought Sanders and Cortland Sutton could both be successful in this offense, that they weren't going to be competing necessarily directly for targets. I uh, included in the article because I thought it was sort of humorous that they were literally fighting for <laughs> the volume there after a, a dust up in practice, which I guess they got cleared up right away. A couple of interesting things with Sanders. He is rising and he's rising a lot, but part of that is just based on getting back to where would be, it would be reasonable for someone of his results background to be someone who's constantly in that wide receiver to range. Now, there are a couple of things that drafters should still be very cognizant of. One is that even though he is somewhat back from this Achilles injury, that doesn't mean that he'll be remotely the player he was previously. Also, separate from that, uh, Blair Andrews has some great research on how to avoid wide receiver busts. So he's got a bounce back article and then talks about how, you know, if you don't want to have to worry about bounce backs, let's just avoid those busts in the first place. And one of the things that we do see is that the bust rate explodes for age 32 wide receivers. So given that, you know, are you still avoiding Sanders? Or at this ADP, does he look you know pretty tasty to you considering that he is back and practicing? Uh, to be honest, I was avoiding him at all costs um, because of the injury um, earlier this offseason. And he's actually somebody who I own quite a bit of in uh, dynasty leagues. And that's mainly like a, over the last kind of four or five years, he was somebody who I acquired. And then he's really not had a huge uh you know potential trade value then since as he's got closer and and raised up in age obviously so he's been somebody then this offseason with the injury who i've been pretty much forced to stick with so i kind of thought that it was a sunk cost at this point um and he was on there but i've been i've been impressed with just how uh, like from all from all reports from training camp it seems to me that he's he's really not lost a huge amount from pre-injury now some people say that pre-injury he may not have been as efficient as he was earlier in his career but i think at, at this adp there's certainly an opportunity to take there um you know there is quite a rise but i think if we were looking at him without an injury he would be sufficiently higher uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that offense develops with with the situation with joe flacco there but the players in that offense that i would be targeting mainly is the two running backs so i i and you know then you have Cortland sutton as well i would much rather be getting sutton even at the difference in adp than than sanders uh, looking through the list now the, the two guys obviously that we've talked uh, quite a bit about this offseason is dd westbrook and curtis samuel uh, their rises have been less than what we see there even though they're going a round or two higher than Samuels but I still think at their current ADPs I still think there's a, a value there I think we'll probably see Samuel continue to rise and I think eventually he'll be going ahead of Westbrook in these drafts but I think that uh, Westbrook's is, is, a, is a, a substantial value still. I think he could be the, the wide receiver one on that team quite easily. It's between him and Marquise Lee. Lee is still out and he is unlikely to, to be ready here come the end of the preseason. Uh, and then there's not a lot of competition around that for those targets. And what he did last year was, was very good with Blake Bartles. And I think there's going to be an uptick at the quarterback position for him. Uh, looking then, Sean, at some of the players that we're looking at here that have had the drop. Is there any players that you've seen have a drop in ADP over the last kind of six weeks or so that you think 
that player is now a substantial value. I know you mentioned Michelle already, but is there players who maybe you think that that their reverse in fortunes is somewhat surprising and probably shouldn't be happening? Or, or uh, do you pretty much agree with all the, the all the shifts in ADP so far? It's hard to look at any of these falls and think that they're not justified. In fact, you might argue that they should be even swifter in terms of, of just how far down they're going. The Kenyon Drake fall occurs even before we get into this latest injury where now there's a question of he'll even be available for week one so the other running backs on that depth chart whom we've been promoting become even better plays damian harris i think is someone who is a best ball option but for your redraft what you're really looking for is probably to pick him up after week two week three when he's inevitably dropped and then as players get hurt or other players that you had in there in your 17 18 19 round picks who do not pan out and you're looking to sort of rebuild that running back depth you know grab him up after the season starts because i do think that he will be available there on waivers the one i think that not only is interesting in his own right but is starting to create i think a little bit of a panic across the entire team would be the andrew luck injury more news leaking out that the injury might be more complicated and might actually be uh, in different areas than some of the original reporting i own a lot of ty hilton i think he was primed for a massive season the reports out of training camp are that he has been better than ever which i mean ty hilton has been fantastic so uh, if he is better than that i mean you're starting to look at perhaps someone who would be uncoverable in the range of and there are some there are going to always be some slight differences in their exact profile but you're starting to look at an antonio brown level player uh hopefully without the other things that brown brings to the table (laughs) but certainly without andrew luck you're not going to have that marlon mack is someone who has moved from a you know maybe you would draft him if he falls below ADP because I think that you know we've talked about Mac and Aaron Jones as kind of the two guys who are interesting in that running back dead zone if they fall a little bit below ADP and then they really continue to develop in these explosive offenses then they could outperform he's becoming much more of a clear avoid with some of the things they're doing with their depth chart and then what that offense could look like so the Colts I think just across the board are starting to get a little bit worrisome so sean moving in now to the fourth quarter and uh, we often talk about the work that blair does you mentioned him already on the show uh, and of course you know the the wrong read series that he does just fantastic stuff but something that we've you've kind of touched on a couple of times uh ben kind of touched on it last week as well and then obviously i've heard uh on the road of his report podcast blair has talked about it quite a bit and that is in terms of uh, zero rb is set up to dominate again but he's talking about the flex position uh, more than anywhere and that is how to win in the flex so pretty much this year and pretty much <laughs> to be honest <laughs> for the last four or five years this has been my kind of motto but i think the more that uh, we look into it the more that it's shown in terms of analysis uh playing a running back in the flex provide pr- proves to to be kind of a, a a low percentage strategy moving forward and um, what do you think obviously you've you've wrote about it extensively but do you think that uh what blair's in here is you know this year it's, it's primed far more especially when we look at those rounds where 
this year some years there's not a clear dead zone but this year there really is for that running back position you know you're picking up the guys then like you know curtis samuel stefan Diggs. you're really stacking up in that mid-range between rounds three to round seven on those wide receivers um i think this year it's just prime more than ever there's there's more targets there uh, in those rounds of wide receiver than you know I, I remember for a number of years i know you mentioned in the apex league that wide receivers tailed off very quick but that's because they were targeting wide receivers very early in that draft. So, what's your thoughts on you know standard drafts in particular? Uh, I think it, I think it's a, a must a must to try and pile up on those wide receivers for the flex. Winning the race to the flex has been one of the things that we've talked about on the site since its inception. And the fantasy douche actually had some great tools helping people explore how and why you would do that, and whether you look at it through a projection tool like this which simply takes historical adp and says okay this is what the players picked at these spots in the drafts have scored right so you don't have to go in and say okay well we're going to project all of these players we're going to create these replacement baselines we're going to take them the players with the most value above replacement one of the things that we find with that is that somehow running backs you have either a running backs are always over projected or b people don't understand the replacement baselines or they're simply telling you that even though it doesn't make sense go ahead and do it anyway for market conditions right regardless of of what is happening in the individual instances there is no justification for the adps that we see in that five to fifty range for running backs they're simply overdrafted right you can go into Blair's tool, you can explore this. He does it so you can look at total points. He does it so you can look at value above replacement. So if you want to do a value-based drafting approach, you can use his tool to see how that would have happened in the past. Then you can go through and you can compare some of these results you know, with your projections, with your cheat sheet, and see where you might have some errors or where you simply disagree, right? Just because this is what's happened in the past doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be what happens in the future. It doesn't mean that you don't have a specific guy who is undervalued, perhaps like a, a carry on Johnson, who we've been promoting quite a bit on the show. However, over time, you almost certainly are going to benefit from having those wide receivers in the flex. And this tool does a good job of showing it. And it's, it updates for this sort of new time period so one of the big debates in the fantasy community is always about well do the years before the running back apocalypse in 2015 do they really matter are they relevant anymore is football being played the same way and then a similar question about 2015 how relevant is that season since you know we do have a lot of running back injuries we know that running back injuries are going to outstrip the injuries for the wide receivers but that was such an aggressive demonstration of that you know should we be that concerned based on what we saw then so then we go into this 2016 to 2018 time period there were also some trends in 2016 that have not held and are probably not things that will be replicated going forward so say you want to look at 2017 and 2018 you can do that you can use the tool to take any of these years 2015 to 2018 and see what players scored by ADP. I can't emphasize how valuable I think this is because it helps you get out of the mindset of thinking that certain positions and certain players are going to definitely score more than what history has indicated. Now, will some of them do that? Yeah. And and part of that is why we do zero running back, right? So one of the best ideas or one of the best justifications for 
why you would want a running back in the flex is that we do have some individual instances of running backs breaking out or benefiting from teammate injury and scoring some big points whether or not you want to look at full season points or simply playoff points when it matters the most you're going to have some examples of running backs who were drafted at other parts of the draft and scored a lot of points and if you had them in addition to having say you went running back running back to start right and so then you've got those positions filled maybe you put that running back in the flex and suddenly you're scoring a lot of points through those three guys and you still have your wide receivers covered so there there are scenarios in which that will work but those scenarios also suggest that you can actually do a one elite running back or a zero running back and target those guys instead have a safer and in some ways a higher upside draft so regardless of the way you're looking at it mostly what you're trying to do is maximize your total points and maximize your chances so you have to have the fewest number of things go right to win you know we have some of these different discussions about well what if this happens and what if this happens and certainly it's not impossible to win with running backs in the flex Uh, 2016 was a great example where a lot of the teams that won across all different types of formats had running backs in the flex but when you're looking at the history when you're looking at the points that these guys are going to score it's not so much a matter of can it happen because it certainly can but you want to create lineups you want to create rosters where as few things have to go right as possible as opposed to as many things going right and so that's where you're going to really be able to juice your win rate and that's why a tool like blair's here becomes so valuable yeah and i think you've really you've really nailed it on the head just in terms of how you do it so like people might be listening uh, maybe if you're listening to this you're probably not thinking off doing like hopefully if you've listened over the last (laughs) six to eight weeks you're not planning on starting off with three running backs to start your draft but if you do go in you draft let's say at the start of that first round you take somebody uh, like a mccaffrey or like a let's say you're picking it first overall you take barkley then in that second round you, you take another one of the running back options exactly like sean saying maybe then you have a breeder then in that kind of later later end of the the single digit rounds and then you can have him in the flex later on in the season or somebody even further down uh, that maybe isn't even on the radar yet that does end up having an impact that that will work but the chances of that happening as we've talked about in the show are very very slim so again like you've mentioned try to get that guy uh, take the first running back then wait and then the chance of having that second running back to just start in the normal second running back spot rather than in the flex have those wide receivers in the flex and i just think that at this point with all the information that we've uh, you know been able to accumulate over on rotoviz uh, there's many other great sites out there that do do similar great work but it, it just seems to, to be the common logical explanation is to go in there and get yourself those wide receivers the way we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks but uh really really well articulated there sean and uh, hopefully the, the listeners enjoyed that one so uh, let's get ready let's get into overtime so sean as we get ready to wrap things up a piece on the site i really enjoyed and i always enjoy these kind of pieces and this one's by monty fan and you know anyone that's a reader on the site will know monty from his kind of high stakes leagues particularly over at the ffpc and he's given some advice before the ffpc main event which is obviously coming up now uh, in the next couple of weeks and uh, before we get into Monty's piece I just want to let the listeners know as we've mentioned on the last uh, few shows about the FFPC they are the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football it's over 10 
10 years since they filled their first dynasty league and they're now the world's largest dynasty commission uh, if you look at their leagues they go all the way up to five thousand dollars i know that's the high hitting uh, high stakes end of it but they do have leagues starting from just 77 dollars in standard super flex and best ball formats and if you're ready for the greatest challenge get ready for the ffpc main event it is the world's biggest event in season-long fantasy football and this year the main prize is coming to you at half a million dollars and over 3.1 million in total prizes you can go to las vegas for the three-day weekend of live drafts and festivities or you can also draft online from the comfort of your own home find out more about the ffpc main event uh, and get ready for it ahead of the deadline just go to myffpc.com to register that's myffpc.com the home of high stakes fantasy football and as we get back to looking at monty's you know if you're thinking about being in the ffpc main event or even just drafting in some of their best ball leagues the this here works for all leagues it's a very simple process sean he talks about you know the theory behind it uh, having that different theory maybe thinking about it in a different way than your competitors will be thinking about it the key that i think a lot of people it's amazing to me how many people miss out on these this particular one sean and it's the most the most common sense one is to know the rules you need to know the format you need to know the roster sizes you need to know what has to be on your roster to to win on a weekly basis and i'd be amazed at how many questions get you know tweeted which player do I need to keep on my roster? This player, this player, without any context of it's this amount of roster spots, it's this amount of points per uh, reception, and so on and so forth. If it's tight end premium and so on, so really, really cool stuff. Um, he talks about the strategy heading into the draft, and another part that is really key is that simple one is draft a lot. I know it costs more money to draft a lot, but when you're drafting a lot, it does sharpen up your draft skills quite dramatically. But Sean, when you look, and I know you're a big fan of Monty's work, um, what what would be the key one if you had to pick one of those areas? Which would be the key rule for someone to follow if they were getting ready for that FFPC main event? Well, I think you know, we have to, uh, it just fits here to promote our sponsor in that the ffpc has a lot of great drafts money talks about it where you know get in there and take some of the 35 dollars best ball leagues even though these drafts are going to have a different feel there'll be a slow draft instead of having that pressure of the 90 second timer there obviously are some tactical decisions that are going to be a little bit different in a best ball league as opposed to a redraft league going in and participating in some of these gives you a feel for you know what you're going to see how you're going to make your decisions what the difficult choices for you specifically are going to be you know who are the guys that trip you up where you have to decide between these two players and in a 90 second timer maybe you struggle with that more what happens when you hit a dead zone i mean it's very easy when everything is lining up but about once per draft you will get to the point where the guys that you had as still being a value even a couple rounds earlier are gone and then you don't really want any of the next people for about 20 picks and yet you still have to to select someone so you feel like in the space of a couple of selections you've lost maybe 15 to 30 uh, overall slots in value and you know that's a very upsetting type of dynamic right there <laughs> and it can lead not only to making a bad pick on that one but making a structural mistake where then you're going to be hemorrhaging points as you go through in subsequent rounds because now the positions on your roster are not structured as well as you need them to be. Here's a great opportunity too to go in and use Dave Cabin's 
draft dashboard. You can do use the online version. You can use the Excel version, which has some extra features. Uh, do some mock drafts against yourself. Use it as your in drafts, right? Because his tool will help give you all of these guys who are great panic picks. And being able to make a pick in those situations is crucial. And I think that drafting, you know, makes a big, big difference. You know, throughout the years, there have been numerous occasions where I've done, you know, 100 plus drafts in a couple month time period, and then go into these high stakes, these main event drafts, and, you know, do two or three at a time. I had situations where I had two online drafts going and a telephone draft going, and I can't even see all of the boards simultaneously. And I'm trying to figure out on the phone, you know, who they're telling me is available because I've, I've filled in for a draft that is actually happening live somewhere else. And <laughs> despite all of that happening, if I've had the preparation, it's actually very easy. And when my spot comes up on the clock, I make the pick and then I just have to wait. And so juggling the three drafts can be no problem at all. By contrast, if I get to a point where because I've been working a lot on the site or you know something else is going on in life and I haven't done quite as many drafts over the previous couple of weeks, you can go in and just do a single draft with 90 seconds and come to some spots where you get down to the end of the timer and you're like, you know, this, this is tricky. I don't want to make a mistake that then is going to have cascade effects throughout the entire rest of the festivities. So I think being prepared through drafting, being prepared through using our draft dashboard is crucial here, not only in making that critical pick, but in how it affects the entire rest of your draft. One of the things I love about this series from Monty is that it's coming from someone who has had great success in the main event. Frequent listeners will know that he finished number one overall during the regular season in 2017, and that's with a huge number of participants. And many of those participants are actually multiple teams from the best players in the world. Monty didn't just do that, but he is one of the best best ball players with his bare knuckles victories and has won his main event individually league for four consecutive years which you know i can't even emphasize enough how just winning one main event individual league title is a very impressive accomplishment so monty is definitely someone to listen to and he's someone who you know talks about his biggest skill being the ability to go in and synthesize the different information that he's getting from a variety of outlets and a variety of places on rotoviz and i think that that is something to not undervalue we have a lot of the great analytics out there and then we have a lot of experts who go at things from a different perspective certainly there are lots of guys with an analytics background who are fantastic at high stakes there are some that are not and vice versa and monty is a great example of someone who is using the analysis to really drill down and find the best takeaways he's also someone with experience and with success and you can't go wrong listening to someone like that so if you are an expert and just want to get a little bit better or sort of peek in at what one of the best players in the world is doing, this is a great series. But this is also a fantastic series if you're someone who is just starting in. I know that when you're looking at the success and the amount of information that some of these players have at their disposal, it can be intimidating. However, if you're prepared, you can be good right away right? You can jump through the beginner errors. You can cut through a lot of that learning curve and go directly to winning, which is what a lot of the best players in the world have done. Whenever they debuted, they were good right away. You can do that too. And Monty's 
information is the perfect sort of primer for doing that the perfect cheat code he's it's a four-part series he goes through what he's going to do in the single digit rounds he goes through as how he's going to build that foundation and then later he goes to the double digit rounds you know how you want to address those sort of lesser value positions on your roster how you're going to attack the different onesie positions you know what the best way to really go for quarterback is and then in part four he talks about rookies and how to deploy them in high stakes leagues so if you haven't participated in the ffpc main event before and are thinking about it this is the series you want to read to get you ready to have the little cheat sheet and notes that will make you an expert in short order yeah i think that's really really good advice and uh, i think the extra drafts you do just make it you know it's more streamlined and your mind's kind of thinking a lot clearer and a lot ahead and you don't panic in those situations so i do always think that that's really really important uh, and really with that it's going to do it for today's edition of the show i think it's uh, been action-packed there's been lots in there i hope you've enjoyed listening in as always we we do really appreciate all the listeners who come on a weekly basis and we've been getting good feedback so if you're on twitter and you do see the link be sure and give it a, a retweet be sure and share it that helps us grow that audience and spread it to new listeners and i know you might be greedy you might not want to, other people to hear the advice that sean's giving you on a weekly basis but do share it and do spread the word it really does help us here at rotoviz radio as i mentioned as well uh, the patreon is up and running that is patreon.com forward slash rotoviz radio don't miss out on that we are giving away a couple more ffpc 35 dollar entries over the next weekend so if you're involved and you want to be in that draw for two entries that i'll be giving away make sure to sign up this week and of course as always uh, continue to spread the word of the show that's really going to do it for today's edition my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to Marlin. my co-host as always is mr sean siegel continue to check out his great work over at rotaviz.com and until we're back next week with another show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Technology Truths, brought to you by Geico. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Terbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.